years ago, two awkwardly shaped boys became best friends. That friendship grew over time. Then the two awkwardly shaped boys became men and got their own radio show. <laughs> what you're listening to right now is two best friends. It's Mikey and Bob. We've never seen each other naked. Not that we don't want to. It it just hasn't happened yet. Welcome to the 961 Kiss Morning Freak Show. Uh, did you did you check yet, Bob? Have you done have you done a walkthrough yet? No. Uh-uh. Nope. Haven't even taken a peek. Okay, neither have I. I'm scared. I am I am scared of this building that we're working in right now. I actually uh if I have to use the bathroom. I'm scared to use the bathroom. Yeah. I don't know what I'm going to do. So here's what happened yesterday after our show. We get we get an email that just says, the third floor men's bathroom is shut down. We are on the third floor. It's uh, it's it's our station, 961 KISS. It's, it's DVE, and it's the X. We're all on the third floor. And there's some offices and, and stuff like that, but... You know, it's iHeartRadio here on the third floor. Right. So that email goes out after our show, and I'm like, whoa. And listen, to a couple of guys who love bathroom humor uh, and haven't really matured to the point where anything bathroom-related doesn't make us giggle, you send an email like that out that the third floor men's bathroom is closed due to some sort of problem, you know we're going to investigate. Like, it takes something serious for an email to go out to shut down the bathroom. To shut down an office bathroom, it does take a lot. So, as we're walking in the hallway, we see uh, Mike Prezuda from the from the DVE morning show. He's walking the other way down the hall, too, and we, like, we like meet, and we're just like, did you get the email? You want to see, too, right? And he's like, let's go, boys. <laughs> so, we open the door, and we see... What would you describe what was on the floor? It was not a lot, but um, there was some um, there were some brown spots on the floor, and we were like, "Whoa, that's not supposed to be there. That's not brown spots on the white tile." And then we just left. And then we were uh, we were told, "Oh no, that's not go, it. Go all the way into the bathroom and look at the sink." Look at the sink. The sink? Why what? do we need to look at the sink? What would be wrong with the sink? Oh. So then we see Bill Crawford uh, from the DV Morning Show. He's out in the hallway now. Like, what's going on? It's like as soon as the email went out that there was a problem with the men's bathroom, every man on the third floor wanted to see what was going on. Because he got he got to know. You got to look, right? You got to look. It's like when you see like a bad sports injury or something. It's like, oh, don't don't Google this player's name in like injury. You don't want to see it. It's gruesome. You got to look once, right? Because then once you figure it out, too, you try to figure out who did it. No, oh, I didn't. I didn't try to figure out who who did this yesterday. This was not man made. No, this was an. Unfortunately, it wasn't. This was an act of a, of God, a vengeful, hateful God. <laughs> We walk into the bathroom then with Bill Crawford, and one of these sinks is filled with sewage. Like it was like came, nothing I've ever seen in my life. Came up from the drain. Yeah, 
And it looked like a toilet bowl. By the way, drains, clogs, backed up logs. Where's Matt Mertz at? We need Matt Mertz on permanent standby at this building. Matt Mertz doesn't deserve this. <laughs> Whatever's happening in this building is really bad. Well, we've had some sewage issues in this building before. I remember a couple years ago, uh, there's a woman's bathroom here on the third floor, too, of course. And there was like this black, almost oil-like substance that was coming up through the floor. It's like a sludge. It was it was insane. It smelled awful. It was like a horror movie. I'm scared to use the bathrooms now. Where are you going to go? Like, if you have to go to the bathroom, where? what's your plan of attack here, Bob? Uh, in the hallway? You can't. <laughs> no, we can't do that. We never gotten all clear, like... There wasn't an email that said, like, toilets are good on the third floor? No, I thought there was. Maybe I thought I, there was one last night that went out. Maybe I ignored it. <laughs> hey, you can't go to the bathroom in the hallway either, man. Come on. They just signed us to nice extensions through 2022. That might derail the whole thing right there. What if that's what it is? What if that's the thing that ends the show? Bob going to the bathroom in the hallway like an animal because he's, he's scared to use the toilets here from it coming back <laughs> up on him. The Kiss Morning Freak Show, Mikey and Bob. Uh, we started the show by talking about how the third floor men's bathroom, uh, one of the sinks was filled with sewage yesterday. Had to be shut down. Uh, Bob said uh, that he was considering using the hallway. I suggested that we not do that since we just signed nice contract extensions through 2022. That's true. And I don't know if that's the way I want to go out. Even though eventually going to the bathroom someplace we're not supposed to is how this show is going to end, right? I would think so. Chris tweets us, today's the day to use the elevator. We have talked about uh, before that if we ever get stuck in an elevator, we're immediately going to go to the bathroom. Just get it out of the way right off top. We've actually talked to the Green Tree Fire Department about that before, too, because they've come out to stuff a bus, and we always say, hey, you know, every now and then the elevators don't work in our in our building. So if we ever get stuck in our elevator, we're going to go to the bathroom right off top. Just had to let them know that. But they better hope it's not me and Bob stuck in that elevator if it ever gets stuck here in the building. You know, those, those fire rescue guys better never hope that the, the brown goo takes over our buildings. True, right? And they have to fight that off. It's true. It's like the slime in Ghostbusters. I feel like we are close to having some sort of sewage problem in the building where it does turn into, like, some sort of monster, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I feel like this the sludge and the sewage is going to form into some sort of creature and take us all out. I mean, yesterday we found pieces a good 10 feet from that sink, too. So what was happening? <laughs> that means that the, the initial... The initial sewage backup, like a probably w- it was probably a volcano. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was probably sewage ah! volcano. Man, what a what a dis- I'm telling you, we we have a disgusting show. Six in the morning and sewage volcano is is what we're talking about. Uh, ben tweets us, "You guys work in an office. Do either of you get annoyed when someone we work with uh, tries to hold a conversation with you in the bathroom, like while you're going to the bathroom? I feel like that is top of the list of workplace annoyances." Oh, we try to avoid that at all costs. I will crack the bathroom door Yeah, to see if anybody's in there. Well, first of all, here's how me and Bob operate. Uh, we usually go to the bathroom together. Not like same stall, 
but we will usually bu- we will use the buddy system to go to the bathroom. It'd be kind of weird same stall. <laughs> we're pretty big. We're we're weird sized. Yeah, that is true. It would be uh me and you in a bathroom stall is like fitting 10 teenagers into a phone booth. Like, it's just not going to be comfortable for anybody. And we're both there to use the bathroom. It's true. It's a lot. That is having our, our, our pants off in close proximity. Not ready for that part of our friendship yet. What were we talking about? Oh, yeah, we don't like to go to the bathroom together, though. Like, I'll crack a door. If somebody's in there, we run. Yeah. Literally. Like that's, a, that's what we do. We we crack the bathroom door and wait. And if one of the stall doors is closed, then we will close the door and and, and just go back out and be like, all right, well, we got to hold it for another 20 minutes until we can check again. <laughs> that is weird. That's not normal behavior, by the way. You know that? Who like, wants like, to go into the bathroom, though, and talk to someone? I don't know. Oh, I mean, if, me if somebody's at the there. urinals, we run like out. Like me and you talking there, that's fine. Uh, we talk, we sing, we do whatever we want in there. But okay. if there's somebody else in the bathroom. Now, listen, we only have three stalls and two urinals. So it's not like we work in this huge building where there's, it's not like an airport bathroom or something like that where there's just stalls and stalls and people coming and going, you know? Yeah. It's only a certain number of people that work here on the floor with us. So we'll open the door. If this, if one of the stall doors is, is shut, yeah, we just, we run away. Uh, if there's somebody at the urinal though, absolutely not because eight out of 10 times that person is going to say something to you. And then it's just weird. And then what do you do? Like, when you walk up to the urinal, do you have to acknowledge that person next to you that you work with? I never do. I always try to just stay focused. If I have an emergency and need to go to the bathroom next to someone, and I'm I'm at the urinal, I I don't say anything. Like, there needs to be no greeting involved of just like, hey. You just have to act like nobody's even there. All right. Well, we both have to do this, so let's just do it without talking. In here together, huh? we, We good with that? All right. I wonder if women operate the same way as, like, we do with bathrooms. I don't know. Like, is it is it a difference between men and women? Do women talk in the bathroom more than men do? I also hate if I'm using a stall and somebody walks in and, oh, like, chooses the, the stall next to you. Yeah. It's just like, just let me have my piece in here, man. Yeah. I agree. Like, women probably deal with that, I would imagine. Uh, yeah. If I'm, if I'm sitting... If I'm sitting on the toilet and somebody else walks in and then starts using the stall too, I'm just like, man, come on. I'm not going to be in here all day. Couldn't couldn't have just waited till I was done. Couldn't have called it off for three <laughs> like, minutes. I like, I like to treat it like it's my own private bathroom. I don't want anybody disrupting me. Unless it's Bob. Then I'll talk to him. We'll sing to each other. We'll get the same stall together. Everything but see each other naked is what we do. Christy tweets us, the office ladies in my office literally have full conversations about anything and everything in the bathroom. They treat it like the break room. They also will talk on the phone very loudly in the stall. Ah. Nope. Nope. No thanks. You can't bring the phone out in the bathroom, right? You should never want to spend so much time in the bathroom where you feel like you need your phone out for anything. Isn't the person going to hear what you're doing? They, I, I, they might hear a flush on the other end. Right. I talk. I talk. I talk on the phone at home in the bathroom. Like if I'm just on the phone with somebody, like I'm having a conversation with my mom or something like that. And I gotta go to the bathroom. I'll just go. Work seems weird though, right? Yeah. 
Uh, Germ tweets us, the weirdest bathroom incident I ever dealt with was there were three other urinals open. This guy was just standing there and used the same urinal I was using, was waiting for me to get done. You got got the lucky urinal. What the hell is that? That's just weird right there. I got to use a warm one. (laughs) Got to use a fresh one. Got to make sure it's working. Yeah, that's definitely a little weird. Uh, ben Roethlisberger, I, wait, are, are the, is the entire Steelers team down at the Pro Bowl? Pretty much. Like, who's missing? Uh, do we have 10 Pro Bowlers or something? It's uh, ridiculous. Everybody's down there. And the coaches. Yeah, and the entire coach staff is down there, too, in uh, in Florida for the Pro Bowl. Ben Roethlisberger yesterday uh, talking to the media, taking some heat off Coach Tomlin for the loss versus the, uh, versus the uh, Jaguars. Uh, he says, anytime you lose, there's always going to be uh, some comments made. You'll find anything people will. I don't think there's any truth to that. I think guys were focused and ready to go. We weren't the best on that day. Uh, ben said he didn't agree with the perception that Tomlin uh, doesn't discipline the team enough for a playoff run. He oh, said, okay. I don't necessarily agree with that. I think he knows how to coach us and knows how to coach each individual guy at each position. So I don't believe in that. He said him and Tomlin have a great working relationship. Uh, Roethlisberger said we communicate well with each other. We've been here for a long time together. I don't know how many head coaches and quarterbacks have worked together as long together as we have. It just helps uh, when it comes to communicating, when it comes to coaches and plays and anything like that. It's beneficial. Ben was talking about uh, Randy, Randy Fittner as the Randy. new offensive coordinator. To be able to, um, you know, kind of keep the ball rolling instead of starting over or, or even transitioning to, to a semi-new offense, we get to keep it going, and I think that's that's beneficial to everybody. With Todd's offense, it was a lot of similar stuff that BA ran. Um, obviously, um, Coach Randy was here with BA a lot, and, and I think it'll just, um, you know, we'll continue to keep a lot of the same stuff. Uh, BA obviously talking about former offensive coordinator Bruce Arians. Uh, there that Todd Haley kept some stuff around from Bruce Arians and and Randy knows some stuff from Bruce. Randy's got all the secrets. Man, Randy, Todd, and Bruce. I mean, we're just yeah. talking about some Harry Pittsburgh yeah. men right there, right? Harry, Todd, and Bruce. <laughs> Harry, where do Harry? I just made up a Harry. No, they hired a Harry. <laughs> There's a Harry now on the Steelers <laughs> special assistant. Man, we cannot get through anything at all. <laughs> You know, I mean, do we got to talk? About, we got to talk about the Michigan State thing, right? Like oh, the case with the yeah, guy in the gymnastics who got sent. Like we got to make it through that without. Like we got to keep, we got to keep the ship afloat when he, when we cover serious material like that, Bob. So we got to get focused here because we have to, we have to mention that at some point during the show today. Well, until then, until then, yes. Let's make up guys named Harry who j- I just put on the Steelers coaching staff. It's third and three. Game's on the line. What do we do? Ask Harry. I don't know. Randy doesn't know what to do. Ben, anything? No. Ask Harry. Where's Harry at? Uh, Ben asking how much influence um, he had on the hiring of uh, of Randy, the new offensive coordinator. You know, it's not like I went into Mr. Randy's office and said, hey, listen, let's let's get Randy, but, you know. Uh, No, maybe he didn't go into the office and said, fire Haley. Hire Randy, but I think Ben was probably kept in the loop about it. I think um, you know everyone kind of knew that, that we have a good relationship. I mean, he's one of the longest tenured guys in the, in that room. I think everyone understands that his work ethic is what it is, and his uh, input and knowledge of the offense is what it is. And I think that was was very beneficial. And um, you know, I don't think it was any secret that we have a great relationship, and that it, I I think that that's what they wanted to propel moving forward. Yeah. 
So, so everybody knew Ben wanted him, and they didn't have to ask him. Right, they exactly. Just knew. It was kind of an unspoken thing, probably. And then when the season ended like it did, and with some of Todd Haley's off-the-field issues, I guess. I could see Ben going into the office, though, and telling Mr. Rooney, just like, we need to bring Harry, too. Yeah, probably. Fictional man named Harry just on the sidelines for those key uh, key play calls. Is it pothole blitz time? Uh, yeah, I saw that. Is, yep. that, is that today? Yeah, it starts today. Pothole blitz. Pothole blitz. Blitzberg is back, baby. God, potholes are so horrible right now, though. So what? what's happening? The city is just putting workers out like crazy today to try to fill like 300 potholes or something? Uh, three days of pothole blitz. Three days of pothole filling. 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. Pothole blitz. So yesterday was the sentencing of former Olympic gymnast uh, Dr. Larry Nasser who used to uh, practice uh, sports medicine at Michigan State uh, University. Didn't the president of Michigan State University step down yesterday? Uh, yeah. I mean, this is a scandal on the level, if not bigger, than what happened with Jerry Sandusky and that cover-up at Penn State. This is just moving a lot quicker, mm-hmm. uh, it, it kind of seems. This all started, uh, there was an investigation by the Indianapolis Star in September 2016, which first disclosed that this guy, Larry Nasser had been uh, accused of by two former patients of, of assaulting them. And then it kind of spun out, uh, like it kind of all unraveled from there, which just shows you how important journalism still is. Because if the Indian, uh, Indianapolis Star doesn't write about this in 2016, who knows if it ever gets to the point where it was yesterday, right? where he gets uh, sentenced to 40 to 175 years in prison for um, abusing, was it over 150 girls that included uh, U.S. Olympic athletes over the uh, years? Who was the judge? Rosemary Aquilinda? I don't know. Whatever. I I try my best with names, and I'm horrible at them. Uh, But she basically just dropped dropped the hammer on the guy. 40 years. That was the least he could get by pleading guilty. Right. Of course, he's not going to be let out of jail in 40 years. I don't even know if the guy's even going to live 40 more years, but this is what the judge said yesterday. You played on everyone's vulnerability. I'm not vulnerable. As much as it was my honor and privilege to hear the sister survivors, it is my honor and privilege to sentence you. Because, sir, you do not deserve to walk outside of a prison ever again. It is my privilege to sentence you to 40 years, the tail end, because I need to send a message to the parole board. You've gone off the page here as to what I'm doing. My page only goes to 100 years. Sir, I'm giving you 175 years. I've just signed your death warrant. I find that you don't get it, that you're a danger. I'm a judge who believes in life and rehabilitation when rehabilitation is possible. I don't find that's possible with you. That's a badass judge right there. Uh, Yeah, yeah. Like saying pretty much everything that needed to be said right there. A judge saying, I just signed your your death warrant. And, you know, I saw online that there were... A couple people who may have not agreed how aggressive the judge was. That's another one of those situations where there's like 
a handful of people who are just like, wow, that judge was very unprofessional and overly mean to a guy who molested 150 or so girls. I mean, that's 150 that come forward. But that's another just one of those things where people see a couple tweets online and then it's like, I can't believe there's men out there who are angry at this female judge. It's like, it's not real. Don't like, there might be a couple of people who think that way, but it's not like a widespread thing like there are some pe- the judge is getting some backlash. Like, no, three tweets is not a backlash. Right. Most normal humans have no problem with what that judge said to that guy. Basically, I you know, I just signed your death warrant. Because it's all true. And that guy deserves everything he's getting. And then, you know, uh the president of Michigan State, she had to step down yesterday. Um even though I don't think uh, she really had anything to do with it and took the proper steps once she knew about it. But when things get this big yeah. and yeah. something like a cover-up gets this big, like people just won't be happy until people you know, take take the fall. And almost it's almost a good thing because to move forward and start the healing process and to get people to not debate like, you know, why hasn't she stepped down yet? Should like the day he gets set and she's just like, all right, I'm done. I'm, I'm, I'm out. You know, I might not have been 100 percent complicit in what I'm just done. And, you know, to keep the process moving along. But it's a good thing now because there's so many instances now with the Me Too movement and everything uh, for women and even men that have been abused to not be afraid no matter how powerful a person is, whether they're this Larry Nasser guy who is, you know, um, so trusted part, part of the medical yeah. staff with the U S Olympic gymnast team and at Michigan state. And even, you know, Harvey Weinstein, who is the most powerful guy in Hollywood with the me too movement and things like this are encouraging women and men is if you are abused to say something, there is nobody who is more powerful than coming out and speaking out now. Mikey and Bob, it is the uh, 96.1 Kiss Morning Freak Show. We are an iHeartRadio station. Get caught up every day with anything you miss from the show on our uh, free podcast. Stream it, download it, Mikey and Bob Radio. It's all on the free iHeartRadio app. I always love when people uh, don't even get the chance to listen to our show live. Just listen to our podcast and just tweet us throughout the day with things that we, uh-huh. we were talking about like two days ago on the show. It's just one continuous show now. Really? People reacting to things we did last week on the show just because they're catching up with the podcast. But we always encourage you guys, if you can't listen to all four hours of our show, which I don't um, imagine any human doing. Bless you if you do. Uh, yeah, get caught up with our uh, with our podcast. Um, there might be a Mighty Ducks television series in the works. Uh, the original screenwriter and producer for the 1992 Mighty Ducks movies and uh, D2 and D3 are uh, developing a new TV steer, uh, series that might be like an, a new Mighty Ducks TV series. No script yet for the project, and it's unclear if Emilio Estevez's Gordon Bombay or any of the Mighty Ducks alumni like Joshua Jackson and Keenan Thompson would be back for it, but a Mighty Ducks TV series is currently in development. Uh, this kind of took off yesterday, too, after J.J. Uh, Watt, from the Houston Texans. Tagged himself in. Yeah, tweeted, please let this be a continuation and not a reboot. I want to see the Ducks playing in a local adult hockey league sponsored by Goldberg's Deli while Gordon Bombay runs Hans Shop and sells exclusively discontinued Air Bombay loafers and Hendrix apparel. Yeah, Goldberg's not doing too good if, if we don't... 
we recall. Well, the only problem with that too is Goldberg's this, in jail. This one <laughs> is Goldberg in jail. Yeah. All yeah. right. Well, that throws a wrench in all of J.J. Watt's fantasies, then, doesn't it? Goldberg got caught with math. Oh, did he really? Yeah. Was it that recently too? Yeah, it wasn't long ago. It was ah, last, last year. J.J. Watt. There it goes. There's gonna be no Goldberg's deli. He's on math. Maybe another fat guy. Nah, you can't. You can't start switching. Nah, you can't do that. I don't think what J.J. Watt understands, though, is you can't make it a continuation because this is like a Disney thing, so it's probably something they would put on, like, like Disney XD or something right, like that. Right. Like, it would have to be a reboot. It's like because, Boy Meets World, Girl Meets World. Yeah, like, no, no kids are going to want to watch... Old, like older middle-aged guys in an adult hockey league. Like that's where would this air, JJ Watt? You didn't think this through, JJ. You did not think this through. It's not gonna be on like Disney XD with <laughs> middle-aged men in a beer league. Old sweaty guys out of shape. Well, maybe though, like ESPN is owned by Disney though. Maybe they could just put this on like uh, one of the random ESPN stations, just for JJ Watt. <laughs> But he has to tweet about it and put the push behind the Mighty Ducks TV series like he did for uh, Houston flooding. He's got to post a video every day reminding people that the Mighty Ducks TV... Like, this could work if J.J. Watt really puts his mind to it like he did the efforts to uh, fund the Houston flood relief. We need updates how how he's trying to get Goldberg out of jail. (laughs) What if J.J. Watt just goes on some random mission to free Goldberg from his meth charge or whatever he has? J.J. Watt is just a huge Mighty Ducks fan, and that now becomes his life's work. He's like, all right, I got Houston back on their feet. I raised whatever it was, tens of millions of dollars. Now Mighty Ducks TV series needs to happen just for J.J. Watt. Eh, Might have the power to pull it off. Uh, right now, it is time for today in Freak Show History, brought to us by Moe's Southwest Grill. Oh. Uh, well, well, welcome to, uh, welcome to Moe's. Yeah, I tried to say welcome to Moe's, and I, my mouth just it wasn't working. Welcome to Moe's. Here we go. Today in Freak Show History. Today in Freak Show History. Today in Freak Show History. Take you back to last year. There was a naked guy at a Cracker Barrel. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah? You remember this one here? This is not what you want to see when you walk into your favorite restaurant. Witnesses called police to report a man initially lying in front of a restaurant, naked from the waist down and yelling and screaming. He's just out on that. <laughs> Yo! Poor chair where they have, like, the rocking chairs outside. <laughs> <laughs> just nothing else. Just no pants on laying in front of the Cracker Barrel like he's the welcome man. What's this all about? Police arrived. By the time they did, this guy was up running around oh. half naked oh. in the parking lot. He's up. <laughs> he's on the loose now. <laughs> Cops woke him up. He realized, all right, I'm laying down naked in a Cracker Barrel. And here he goes. He's on the move. Taking swings at cars. Oh, no. He's trying to trying fight to cars now. Fight cars? What a sight that would be. Like, you're just going to Cracker Barrel. Maybe you want some cornbread, you know. Corn- yeah. Oh, damn, the cornbread's good. Yeah, it is nice at Cracker Barrel, you right? You walk up and there's a naked dude. It's like a bonus, it man. It is. It's like a bonus. They did locate his pants nearby. Okay, and- we got the pants. Woo! 
Yes. Pants have been located. Made him get dressed. As he did, a okay. white bag oh. of powder fell oh. out of one of the pant pockets. Oh, no. He was questioned. Oh, he admitted no. police he was uh, carrying cocaine, which yep. apparently he also was using this oh, morning. The no. suspect is booked on drug and disorderly conduct charges because he did resist arrest. There you go. You know what? Hey, we found a white bag of something when you put your pants back on. This fell out. What is it? At that point, when you've been naked at Cracker Barrel trying to fight cars, yeah. You probably get a, a little bit of a sober moment where you just go, yeah, wow, that is my cocaine, and I've actually <laughs> been using some of it because I'm naked fighting cars at Cracker Barrel. Mikey and Bob, it is the uh, 96.1 Kiss Morning Freak Show. Matt tweets us here, every time I listen to Havana now, all I can hear is Jeff Reed. Why did you do this to me? Yeah, in uh, in the song Havana, when Young Thug comes in, he says Jeffrey. This is like his nickname. He has an album called Jeffrey, but we hear Jeff Reed, <laughs> former Steelers kicker. That is a shout out to former Steelers kicker Jeff Reed Jeff right there. Reed. And if this is the first time you're hearing that, yes, we probably just uh, just ruined that part in Havana for you too. Yeah. Uh, coming up in a couple minutes here, we give you another keyword to text in to 200-200, your chance to win $1,000 in just minutes. First, we have to get to a burrito assault, though. Is this South Carolina? It is. And a lot of people send us this story here. This happened at a Taco Bell. A fast food worker in Spartanburg has given new meaning to the phrase burrito to go. Mm-hmm. Police say they were called to a Taco Bell. Officers say a supervisor told a worker who was upset about having to work the morning shift to, quote, stop being a crybaby. All right. Uh, you're working the morning shift at Taco Bell. You're upset. You don't want to be there. You're complaining. And then your boss just says, stop being a crybaby. That switch goes off. That's what it is, man. I'm telling you. There goes the fast food rage switch. It gets flipped. And then even though you're working at the Taco Bell, you are about to act a damn fool. Investigators say the worker then threw a hot burrito at the manager. Whoa! Hot burrito. Is there any need to throw the damn burrito? Police say melted cheese from the burrito. Delicious. Splattered her left arm. Oh, oh my gosh. Oh no. Lick it off. Side and legs. Oh. Officers say the worker took off his headset, broke it on his knee, and then stormed wow. out. Wow. No arrests have been made. How aggressive is that? Take the headset off and then break it over your knee. After you just threw a hot cheesy burrito at they, your boss. They had to throw that burrito so hard, too. To get that full body splatter on the arm and leg, too. Yeah. That burrito was not wrapped tightly. That yeah. was a burrito explosion. It was wrapped very loosely for it to explode on impact like that. Uh, don't abuse. Listen, don't abuse burritos. Burritos are delicious. I know I should be saying don't abuse people and don't throw food at people. Think about the burrito. Think about that perfectly good cheesy burrito. Mm-hmm. That's just wasted now. Because you didn't want to come to work <laughs> in the morning? Because you're... Your boss was, you know, you're, you were complaining. Whoa. Your boss told you to stop being a crybaby. Burrito rage. That was it. And now a burrito had to suffer? A delicious, cheesy burrito? Think of the damn burrito. When are we all just going to stop thinking about burritos here, man? Burritos got feelings, too. Do burritos have feelings? I feel like burritos are another one of those foods that just like 95% of people enjoy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Much like donuts. To me, donuts are the top food 
that everybody enjoys. I don't know anybody that doesn't like a good donut. Like right? I'm never calling out burritos as top food, but you right. put a burrito. Hell yeah, burritos. But who doesn't like burritos? Especially since you can customize your own burrito, get whatever you want. Burrito is such a magical food. It's true. Like pizza, pizza, taco burritos, and donuts. Top three right there. That's all you need to survive. Really is. And don't throw them because burritos have feelings too. Bob off the air was, uh, he just hit me with a, I mean, what kind of world are we living in? Of course, I'm asking him, all right, what, what, what's that about? Grumpy Cat? Uh, Grumpy Cat's owners got awarded $710,000. Okay, for those who don't know who Grumpy Cat is, it's just like this cat who has a permanent grumpy, you know, expression. Um, on its face and they have you know it's got its own twitter account its youtube channel and they have hoard this cat out there's grumpy cat products they've hoard this cat out for years it's a business grumpy cat is a business just because it just always looks grumpy so they just won over seven hundred thousand dollars in a lawsuit what was a lawsuit for a coffee company for a grumpy cat coffee drink did they use, like, Grumpy Cat's image on or something? Uh, yeah, it says they use the image. What sort of morons would think you could just jack a Grumpy Cat, like, image well, they and used, use it on your coffee product? They used it in the name of the coffee product, too. What was it called? Grumpuccino. <laughs> I would drink Grumpuccino. <laughs> Sounds delicious. When you drink Grumpuccino? What's happening? Well, that probably no more Grumpuccino left then, huh? Over $700,000? That probably put Grumpuccino out of business. What sort of moron would think to do that, though? Like, yeah, we could just take this hugely popular cat here. We'll just, we'll just put, put it on our product. We'll just put its face on our product. It'll be good. We'll just call it Grumpuccino. Nobody will know the difference. Nothing to see here. Keep it moving. And now they're out uh, over $700,000 to the owners of Grumpy Cat, who have to be, I mean, multi, multi-millionaires. I mean, people get mad Filthy about the Kardashians. freaking rich. People get mad about the Kardashians being famous for nothing. It, yeah. These people bought a cat. Isn't that weird? And they're rich. Isn't that weird? Like, And by the way, I am in no way defending the Kardashian no, no, family saying. at all. But it is weird what we get angry at in this country. We hate the Kardashians. <laughs> We're so sick of them, yet put grumpy cat on a pedestal i i don't get it to me they're the same thing the kardashians are grumpy cat grumpy cat is the kardashians it's all the same thing right here what if grumpy cat gets pregnant Ooh. Uh. gossip gossip <laughs> what if grumpy cat gets married what if grumpy cat has a sex tape i'd watch that me too me too i'd actually pay for that Le'Veon Bell down at the Pro Bowl talking about uh, <laughs> smooth. I mean, we are the masters of transitions, man. It was seamless. <laughs> Nobody even saw it coming. That we, our show is jumping from the tra- magic man. Tra- <laughs> Here's what our show is. Our show is a train on the tracks. And sometimes it just goes off the tracks. We crash and we have to board another train <laughs> to get it to the to, to 10 a.m. at the station, right? But sometimes the train stays on the tracks, but the cars on the train will catch on fire and then we'll have to jump to another one. I gr- Comparing Grumpy Cat and the Kardashians and saying we want to see a Grumpy Cat sex tape, that... 
We just lit the whatever train car we were just on. We just lit it on fire. And now we have to jump to the next one, which is going to be Le'Veon Bell down at the Pro Bowl. Uh, Le'Veon Bell down at the Pro Bowl, along with basically the entire Steelers roster and the coaching staff. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're basically all there. He was talking to the media uh, yesterday because remember how everybody was butt hurt. When, what was it? Ed Bouchette who wrote the report that Le'Veon Bell didn't show up to the final walkthrough before the Jacksonville game until there was like five minutes left and then showed up late. You know, you're supposed to show up, I guess, two hours before the game. He showed up after that. Yeah. For the actual uh, Jacksonville game. Uh, Ed Bouchette was reporting on that. Le'Veon Bell said uh, yesterday he had an excused absence from Coach Tomlin. Le'Veon said, I had personal reasons. Obviously, Coach T and everyone knew. Whoever made the report was trying to make me look bad to the public or whatever. Oh, damn. Obviously, the coaches and everybody knew what I was going, uh, what was going on in my life at that moment. I showed up when I did, and I came to work. So somebody's lying here. Either somebody lied to Ed Bouchette, and he ran with it, or Le'Veon is lying trying to cover it up. I, for some reason, I don't know if Le'Veon would throw Coach Tomlin under the bus like that. Though. No, I doubt it. <laughs> that means an Ed Bouchette disc tape is coming soon. <laughs> oh, damn. It's coming. I mean, listen. Get in the studio, uh, Bouchette. No, no, listen, listen, listen. If Le'Veon Bell is listening to our show or listens to our podcast at all, or if anybody who knows Le'Veon listens to our show Le'Veon I love you and I know you got bars but Juice you don't want to you don't want to have beef with Bouchette uh-uh you don't want Bouchette in that booth uh-uh <laughs> Bouchette ghost writes diss tracks for rappers he's known back to back Drake for against years. Meek Mill that was Ed Bouchette that, that's Bouchette Back in the day, Tupac hit him up against Biggie. Ed Bouchette wrote a, it. A younger Bouchette, yeah. They no, call no, him, nobody's ever known this. They used to call him Young Bougie. What are we talking about here? You don't oh, want that. Le'Veon Bell. Obviously, that's the only way to settle this, though. Diss tracks. Le'Veon versus Ed Bouchette. Get it done. <laughs> <laughs> and we light another train car on fire and jump to Let's the next jump. one. February 20th is the... I mean, we can't even get through the, the simplest things on our show, man. Like, we're doing a radio show in Pittsburgh. We're talking about, you know, it's something... Le'Veon Bell's down there talking about why he was... You know, he had a personal reason, and the coaches knew, and we can't even get through the simplest things without just completely going off track. Or maybe we just see the future. And know Le'Veon's about to hop in that studio and lay down a track. Listen, I know Bouchette's got bars. Young Bouchette's got bars. He's a Hall of Famer too, right? He is. <laughs> is Le'Veon Bell a Hall of Famer? Uh-uh. I, Ed Bouchette's definitely going to bring that up in the bars. Ed Bouchette's probably going to be in the studio with his Hall of Fame jacket on. Did he get a jacket? I don't know. If you're a journalist, do you get a jacket? I don't know what you get. Either way. Young Bougie will write it in a line. Uh, what are we talking about now? Le'Veon Bell, uh, February 20th is the first day that the Steelers can place the franchise tag on him for next season. Deadline to tag him is uh, is March 6th. 
Uh, but it sounds pretty optimistic that they're going to uh, to get a long-term deal done. This was Le'Veon Bell at the Pro Bowl yesterday talking about working on a new deal. We've already been, you know, in talks. You know, I think last year at this point versus where we're at at this point this year, you know, we're a lot closer to a deal, you know, and I think last year it kind of got set back and we was kind of on the deadline and we felt like we had to rush and do things like that. You know, it was kind of like last minute. You know, this year we've already been in progress. Um, we're a lot closer than we were last year, so um, I'm excited. You know, obviously I'm sure Steel Nation excited, my teammates and um, the coaches and everybody else. So um, we're just trying to get the deal. All right, that sounds pretty good, I guess. Now I wonder if that's all real. Like if they're really close to working on a deal. I kind of believe Le'Veon there. I probably think they do work on a new deal. He's turned down deals already. Or maybe Le'Veon's just saying it so people, you know, will go to the Steelers and act like they ruined it all and it all fell apart once a new deal can't be reached. Maybe he's just setting the table there. You're right. Either way, this all gets derailed when Bouchette drops the diss track. What if the Steelers and Le'Veon work out this incredible long-term deal that keeps Le'Veon, you know, give him like $15 million a year or so, 14 get some guaranteed money. He's signed up. He's happy. Everything's good. But right before Le'Veon signs it, Bouchette drops the diss track, and then the Steelers pull the deal. They're like, whoa, we can't, have, we can't pay a guy this much. That got flamed by Ed Bouchette in the booth. <laughs> <sighs> Uh, Justin Timberlake is coming. Your chance at Timberlake tickets in five minutes. Follow and tweet the 961 Kiss Morning Freak Show. Julian tweets here. Dude at work just told us he wasn't wearing any underwear. At FS Mikey and at FS Big Bob. Jesse tweets here, listening to Mikey and Bob from all the way out at Naval Air Station, Whidbey Island, Washington, to make it through the last couple hours of my shift. I'm missing Pittsburgh. Hell yes. All right. Well, thank you for listening, Jesse, on that iHeartRadio app. We appreciate it. Doesn't uh, Timberlake have another song coming out today? Uh, Yeah, him and Chris Stapleton. Chris Stapleton, the uh, country singer called Say Something. This comes out today at noon. Here's a little snippet of it. Baby, I'm looking for something I can't have. Hell yeah. So that'll be the uh, Timberlake kind of country uh, sounding song. Hell yeah. Are, uh, are we all in on this new Timberlake album? Or... You about to talk bad about Timberlake? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I feel like he rushed it. So Go it ahead. was... Uh... Go ahead. I'm out. I trust. Trust the process. Trust the process. <laughs> I don't know if I trust the process. Trust the process. I feel like Timberlake, I, I think he may have rushed this so it was done in time for the Super Bowl. I still like it, but, you know. I'm going to need more bangers is all I'm saying. I'm going to need more. Maybe he's sitting on them. I'm going to need more bangers. You know if he's sitting I, on I'm heat. not judging until I hear it all. He might be sitting on the bangers while you're telling me. That's his, that's his man in the woods song there. He's with Stapleton, beards and stuff. All right. Be sitting on heat. Uh, there's always weird things happening down in the state of Florida. Uh, we cover on the show. It is time for another Florida story. Here we go. Attention, all listeners of the Freak Show. It's time to travel to the Sunshine State. Yes, it happened again. It's, it's another, another Florida, Florida story. Down to Florida we go. Uh, 30-year-old Sarah Wilmoth of Vero Beach was arrested in the parking lot of a Publix, the grocery store down there in, yep, uh, in Florida. Yep, yep, yep. Arrest report says uh, a couple noticed a baby alone in his car seat. Oh. 
uh, when they parked next to her SUV. They noticed uh, the baby again when they returned 45 minutes later, still alone in the car seat, but crying. So they called the sheriff's office. Publix management paged uh, Wilmoth to customer service for the deputies, which put her under arrest for leaving a child unattended in a vehicle for more than 15 minutes. Yes. She came out and screamed, oh, my God, that's my son. My cousin was in the car with my baby. I don't know where he ran off to and why he would leave my son alone. Oh, so the cousin just got out of the car and ran away. Report then says she quickly gave up on that lie and said she left the child in the car because he was sleeping. Oh, okay. Uh, they searched her and found a small, clear plastic baggie containing a clear rocky substance mm. and a crack pipe with residual material within it. There you go. She admitted it was meth laced with cocaine. At least she took the meth into the store. Also, a more thorough search of her found in her bra facial cream, mm-hmm. clear nail polish. Okay. And here we go. We're about to get Florida. Poo-pourri before you go spray. <laughs> the poo-pourri? Would you rather get caught with meth or poo-pourri before you go spray? <laughs> <laughs> Like if you I'm call- keeping it in the bra, too. <laughs> Just in case. Man, that's some weird stuff to steal, right? Don't you have to be on meth to <laughs> steal those three specific items? Facial cream, clear nail polish, and poo-pourri before you go spray. That <laughs> added shoplifting charges to her already meth possession and child endangerment charges. Just in case I do some pooping. Maybe. <laughs> Let me grab this, too. I got to prepare... First of all, and maybe she had a date or something that night. She got the facial cream out, get the skin looking nice, <laughs> clear nail polish, get those nails good. And then she knew, well, I know when I smoke meth, I uh, <laughs> I drop some pretty big... Gets everything working down there. <laughs> makes my dumps extra stinky. <laughs> so she stole some poopery before you go spray and, of course, was arrested. Oh. Shoplifting meth and child endangerment charges. Florida making the show once again. CBS has ordered uh, 13 episodes of the show Murphy Brown, which ran from 1988 <laughs> to 1998. Candace Bergen, right? I have no clue. Wasn't she Murphy Brown? I know. I know. Uh, there wasn't, was... that the, wasn't that the show about like a like a they were a newsroom? Wasn't it? I know there Something was a like TV that? show Murphy Brown. I don't think I've ever watched it in life. Well, the 30th anniversary is coming up in CBS. Well, I mean, CBS is like the older network, so it's probably going to work, right? So they ordered uh, 13 episodes of Murphy Brown to come back uh, for next broadcast season. I know that people, whenever a show gets like revised or something, like isn't ABC bringing back Roseanne too? Like that's uh, coming yeah, back, right? Yeah, yeah, Roseanne's coming like, back. Like, let me let me just go into this real quick because I know people, y- you get so butthurt. When they bring, like, an old show back and, like, you know, revamp an old show, people get so butthurt before the show even comes out. It's easier for networks to just do that. And I know people bitch and complain, like, well, it's not even being creative and, you know, they're not even giving new shows a chance. Do you know how many new shows come out every TV season that they pump millions of dollars into and they just fail in the first episode? It's horrible, yeah. So it's easier for big networks to just go right off top. Like, if we bring Roseanne back or Murphy Brown or another of these old-ass shows from, like, the 
80s or 90s, it's already going to have millions of people that will watch it just because, like NBC did with Will and Grace. Right. Like, ratings were probably better than any new show they were going to put on mm-hmm. just because you had people who, you know, are already familiar with the characters and they were all in on it. So it's easier for a network to bring a show like that back rather than trying to introduce an entire new show. Now, there are some instances where a new show comes on and they have to promote the the hell out of it to even get people to watch it. Like, uh, This Is Us on NBC, right? That was a newer show a couple years ago. Yeah. I remember how many promos they ran for it before the show even came on to where you were just like, all right, th- I'm going to give this show a chance. Yeah. But most shows, most networks... We'll only pick, like, one show for every new TV season that they're like, all right, this is the best show we got. We're giving it the push. Let's let's give this the big push. And then all the other shows, they they really have no chance. I mean, I, you're right, because with a show like Roseanne or something, you don't even have to try. They just know people I, are going to watch it. You can promote it a little bit, but people will just watch it because they're familiar with the characters in the premise of the show. TV shows on network TV don't get the time to build either. Like, the thing that Netflix and Amazon and Hulu and, like, they have over, like, regular broadcast TV is if Netflix has a new good show, right? They have a good show that they know is new. Nobody really knows about it. It's with a bunch of, you know, kind of like maybe Stranger Things was a few Mm -hmm. years back when it came out. All they pretty much have to do is put it on the front page of Netflix. And you're going to watch it. Either you're you're going to watch, watch it, it or one of your friends are going to watch it. Word of mouth. Yep. It's so different how like the streaming services operate and how broadcast TV operates. So I get it that people get butt hurt when like they revamp a new show. That's all they have. <laughs> That's all they can do. Because when a new show comes out on say Netflix and right off the bat, say there aren't millions of people watching it. Netflix can just be like, all right, this one might be a slow build, but there's going to be a weekend that comes around where people are going to have nothing to watch. Power watch enough people are going to yep. stumble upon this show. And then we're, broadcast TV can't really do that. If they don't get a couple million people watching in the first five episodes, it's done. It's, it's DOA show right there. And it's not like shows are cheap to produce either. Not like I feel bad for broadcast TV. I'm just trying to explain, though. Don't get all butthurt when they revamp a show. They're just... No need to freak out. They're just grasping at straws because they know that that's a way they can at least get a cheap audience, right? By the way, speaking of the NBC show, This Is Us, right? I mean, a lot of people watch that show. It's one of the biggest shows on TV, and a lot, of, most of it is set in in Pittsburgh, right? Right. right yeah. Like family Steeler fans and stuff like that. So the last episode, latest episode, and this isn't even a spoiler alert because everybody knows the Milo guy, that like Jack, the main character, he dies, right? And there's there's a crockpot fire, right? How many people sent you crockpot pictures? Uh, yeah, faulty crockpot catches on fire. Yeah, people. Unbelievable. So, somebody tweeted me a picture of Walmart yesterday. They were selling one of the Steelers crockpots, yep. and they're just like, I can't even look at it's these like, no anymore. More. It's like, yeah, no take more. them off the damn shelves. <laughs> crockpot. The actual crockpot company had to release a statement. <laughs> <laughs> this is a real statement from the company crockpot. About the NBC show, This Is Us. Crockpot understands the concerns brought up by the latest episode of This Is Us. We, too, are heartbroken by the latest development in Jack's storyline. However, it is important that our consumers understand and have confidence that all crockpot slow cookers exceed 
all internal testing protocols and all applicable industry safety standards and regulations. For nearly 50 years, with over 100 million crockpots sold, we have never received any consumer complaints similar to the fictional events portrayed in the episode of This Is Us. In fact, the safety and design of our product renders this type of event nearly impossible. There was like a faulty switch and the crockpot got on fire and burned the house down. Fictional, huh? Real me, damn it. Our hope is that the team at NBC's This Is Us will help us spread factual information regarding our product safety. Yo, crockpot, it's not that Calm serious. Down. <laughs> like, do they think the crockpot industry is about to just fall apart because of an imaginary crockpot fire? You really think office ladies are going to give up their crockpots because of this? Hell no. Just like many fans, we will be watching the next episode of This Is Us and see how Jack's story progresses. And regardless of the outcome, well, the outcome is he's going to die in the crockpot fire. We want consumers, first and foremost, to know they are safe when using their crockpot. How amazing is that? Crockpot released a statement. Had to let everybody know. It's safe still. Uh, the This Is Us creator Dan Fogelman uh, tweeted out, taking a moment to remind everyone that it was a 20-year-old fictional crockpot with an already funky switch. Let's not lump all those lovely, hardworking crockpots together. He said, I just literally sent out a tweet because I was reading this morning the reactions to the episode reminding everybody it was a fictional crockpot with a faulty switch. I don't think the entire crockpot community should be blamed for this. Wow. So you have time to catch up. This is us on NBC. It's only on its second season, but the next episode airs February 4th after the Super Bowl, and any show that airs after the Super Bowl is always a big show. But, yeah, crockpots are okay. Keep cooking that pork. Jade just tweets us here. Oh, my God, did did you just say keep cooking meth in your crockpot? No, I didn't say cook meth in crockpot. Cook meth? I said cook pork. Didn't I? <laughs> I think so. If you said meth, I probably would have caught that. Maybe. I don't know. I think sometimes I think sometimes you don't pay attention to what I say. I, you zone out sometimes in the show. Yeah, yeah. It's okay. Yeah. I'll start reading Twitter, and I just know you're going. It's all right. I know a little bit what you're talking about. I, I'm I'm the one that's running the control, so I kind of have to always pay attention. But you know, I mean, you can drift off every now and then. I might have snuck a cook meth in the crock pot by you i don't think i did though i specifically think i told everybody it's okay to keep cooking your pork like pulled pork in your crock pot that's that's my go-to crock pot food when i think about crock pots i think of them full of pulled pork for some reason mm. i wish i had some well pulled pork yeah um we we should have probably read Crockpot Facebook comments after the episode of This Is Us. I mean, they're probably outstanding. <laughs> Being that they had to release a statement, they're probably yeah. outstanding. Well, maybe we could do it after the Super Bowl, but I figure after the Super Bowl, the Patriots are either going to win the Super Bowl or lose the Super Bowl. And since most of the country outside of Boston hates the Patriots, Super Bowl Facebook comments will be great the morning after the Super Bowl. Or... Nah, I already know it's going to be two. We might have multiple rounds of us reading Facebook comments after the Super Bowl, depending on how the game goes, or Super Bowl halftime show. Like Timberlake, Justin Timberlake, Super Bowl reaction Facebook comments. Yeah. Ooh, kind of excited for that. 
Uh, we were talking about our bathroom at the beginning of the uh, show here in the big gold DVE building. The third floor men's bathroom was shut down yesterday after our show. An email went out that said, uh, there's a problem in the bathroom. Don't use the bathroom. Don't go in the bathroom. So, of course, that made us all want to go in the bathroom and see what it was. And there was a sink full of sewage. Apparently, there was a problem with the pipes and something happened there was one of the bathroom's sinks that was full of sewage, it came and it up, smelled so, so bad. came up from the inside of the sink, yeah. like the pipes leading up to the sink bowl. Uh, Justin tweets us, the bathroom at my work gets so cold and the pipes freeze. So the solution is a 440-volt heater. Imagine trying to oh. sit and go to the bathroom while you are in an oven. That's what I'm dealing with right now. Not as bad as raw sewage in the sink, though. Mmm, I don't know. I just pictured the raw sewage being cooked by the heater, though, in my head. Could you imagine sitting on the toilet and, and having to, since the pipes freeze in the bathroom, having to have a heater in your bathroom? Do, is that a normal thing that people deal with? That can't be nice, right? No. Sweaty on the toilet? Oh, gosh. That is one place where I never really want to be sweaty. No. If you're ever on the toilet sweaty, something's, something's, something's wrong. Something went Some very went, bad. Something went wrong. Something going wrong. I don't know if it's something going wrong. Like, whenever I get sweaty on the toilet, you, you got you to gotta start getting worried if you get sweaty on the toilet. I remember probably the last time I was sweaty on the toilet is that time I passed out on the toilet and hit my head off my uh, my bathtub. I'll usually strip down. I, I probably had a mild concussion from that. Yeah. Remember I cut my head and everything? Yeah. Yeah, sometimes, though, you get so overheated, even taking your clothes off on the toilet doesn't uh, doesn't do it any justice. Sometimes you're just overheating on the toilet. You don't want to self-inflict that, though. You don't want to put a heater on. What were we talking about? Oh, yeah, cooking meth in crockpots. Don't cook meth in crockpots. Uh, the Today Show just did a report. We love making fun of things like this. The Today Show just did a full report. Is it Jeff Rawson? Yep. The guy who always yep. does the bacteria stuff. Yep. And what was the last one he did on the Today Show that we were making fun of? It was at the gym. Yeah, he, yeah, he yeah. He was swabbing stuff down at the gym, and it was basically like, there's not bacteria on every piece of equipment to kill you at the gym. It's like, new year, new you, you're going to die. And we always say is there's fecal matter on everything. No matter what. You swab anything down in your office and at your house. You swab your cell phone. You swab your purse. It's full of bacteria, and there's fecal matter on everything. So the Today Show, they swabbed down, like, the keyboard and phones in Hoda and Savannah's offices. Why? Mm. I think they sold it as the flu's going wrong. It was right? the flu. It was I the think flu. They, I think this was a an exclusive Today Show, something going wrong report. Yeah. Where they had uh, Jeff Rawson in there. Flu going wrong. Yeah, swabbing things down, right? So they go to Hoda's office. I'm going to swab in your keyboard. By the way, there are coffee stains on your keyboard. <laughs> the results are in. Hoda lives like a damn animal. What a savage. Coffee stains on the keyboard. You, oh, it's happening yeah. right now? It's happening right Nine, now. Nine, eight, one. Anything over 100 is a fail. Okay, anything over 100 is a fail. This, uh, this is Hoda's keyboard results. 99! 99, not bad. Right under it. But she won't be cheering for long. Oh, oh damn. Watch what happens when I test her phone. Oh, no. Over here. Okay. Oh, oh, no. oh, 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 306. Oh, 
and fecal matter. Oh, Hoda. 306. Yeah, 306, Hoda. Keep talking on that phone, There's and poop. Uh, that's poop it. On it Hoda. Something going wrong. That's yeah. nasty. Okay, Savannah's turn. How will she compare? All right, here we go to Savannah Guthrie, the lead anchor now on the Today Show. Ready or not, I start swabbing her keyboard. Yep. I just want a better score than Hoda. Anything over 100 on this is a fail. Yeah. Wait, 231. I thought I said 23. Wow. I'm so happy. No, that's 231, Savannah. Oh, my God, Savannah. You, you have a nasty, nasty. keyboard. What are you, you doing? Nasty. You're going to the bathroom on your keyboard, Savannah? What the hell are you doing? No, you know, there's something going wrong. You got to wipe everything down. Now on to Savannah's phone. Oh, don't do it. I'm not ready for Savannah's phone. I don't want to see how nasty that phone is. <gasps> oh, no. Oh. The gasps. The gasps. 585. Oh, my oh, God. No. Savannah's going to give the entire show sick. Something going wrong? Ah, put Roker in a protective bubble. We can't have Roker getting sick. Something going wrong. Savannah, that phone is disgusting. What are you doing on that phone? Breathing. <laughs> What if you just like I pooped on it right before you came in here? I wipe with my phone. <laughs> it's a fun thing I do with my husband. I like to blow stinkies in the phone. <laughs> Savannah, what are you doing with the phone? <laughs> She's like, this number is out of control. Well, I'm I'm gone all day. I, I work hard. I, I miss my husband. So sometimes I like to just have my butt cheeks call him and then I rub it on the phone. Oh, yeah. Ah. Man, the news is stupid sometimes, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Like, but but how many people out there are going to see that and go, oh my goodness. Oh, God. Did you watch the Today Show? I, you see Savannah's phone had poop on I it? You get some of those wipes. Hey, we need to wipe this place down. Something going around. I don't want to take any... I don't want to take any risks, No more okay? farting in the phone. She said she farts on the phone. She does it as a goof. No more going over the intercom and farting on the phone. Uh, by the way, I'm not sure who took Lauer's office, but uh, oh, I don't boy. think that was uh, part, of the, uh, part of the report. No. Speaking of bacteria, zero-res carpet care. Get that bacteria out of your carpets. You know, just as nasty as keyboards and phones are, you might not notice it. And Rawson might not come out to your house and swab your carpet, Ugh. but I bet it's nasty Ugh. if you haven't had zero res out to your house. Yeah. There's, there's all that stuff of bacteria that gets trapped in your garbage is nasty. A pet that's walking around the yard comes running in the house. Yeah. Or even stuff you're bringing down your shoes all trapped deep down inside your carpets. Have zero res come out there patented powered water. Yeah, we always tell you uh, zero res is different from all the other carpet cleaners. When I see like a van from another carpet cleaner, I just kind of laugh because I'm like, that thing is just full of chemicals that they're taking to somebody's house, pumping it into their carpet. Their carpet's going to be like wet for a day and a half. Their whole house is going to smell like a janitor's closet. That person could have easily just called zero res. I rolled down my better deal. I rolled down my window when I see another carpet company. I tell them, go home! You got nothing! You're not zero res! No empowered water! Where Get the it? hell out of here! Where's the empowered water? You scamming bastards! Anybody can pump chemicals into their own carpets! So yeah, zero res has the empowered water. Safe for your pet and kids. Uh, leave your whole house smelling fresh and clean too. Yep. And they have the Mikey and Bob special, so it's a good deal. Three rooms, zero res clean, starting at 119 bucks. Look at that! Uh, just give them a call. Schedule your appointment. Ask for the Mikey and Bob special. They do air ducts, too. They do. 412-701-1188. That's 412-701-1188. Or visit ZeroResPGH.com.
It was aggressive yelling at the other carpet cleaners. <laughs> they deserve it. Though, yeah, right? seriously. Zero rest. Spell it backward or forward. It spells the same. Zero rest. 96 watch. Okay, just for that player, you're going to have to go one on one with the Undertaker. <laughs> Uh, Mikey and Bob, hi. Uh, it is the 961 Kiss Morning Freak Show. We are an iHeartRadio station. Listen to us every day on the free iHeartRadio app. It's also where you can get our podcast after the show. If you don't get to listen to all the show, get get caught up on our podcast. Yes. All free on the iHeartRadio app. You can stream, you can download, do whatever you want. Uh, Rob Beer Temple, the uh, Pirates beat writer in the Trib. Did you see he talked to uh, Garrett Cole's agent, Scott Boris? Yeah. This guy's like a huge, uh, huge baseball agent, probably the most powerful baseball agent. If uh, if a player gets Scott Boris, uh, it means they're going to make some money. He has a lot of the top guys. Yeah, yeah. but if you break down what Rob Beertubble wrote about in the Trib here, it says, so far this offseason, the Pirates have not signed a major league free agent. Hmm. They swapped Garrett Cole and Andrew McCutcheon. $21.5 million in salary for six players, none who will make much more than the league minimum this year. On opening day, the Pirates' active roster will likely be around $80 million, the lowest payroll since 2014. Uh, the latest report in Forbes puts the value of the Pirates at $1.25 billion. Scott Boris, Garrett Cole's agent, is frustrated by Bob's nutting, by Bob Nutting's bottom dollar approach to the player payroll. What are you laughing at? He just pulled out receipts, man. He's like, I got the numbers here. Let's have a talk about Bob Nutting. Like, do pulling receipts on Bob Nutting even matter anymore? Are there still people out here who you need to pull receipts for to be like, yeah, man, this guy's pretty much running a scam on everybody. Scott Boris says, when I hear them say, we're the poor Pittsburgh Pirates, I go, whoa, just a minute. This guy nutting is sitting on an economic volcano. Where else can you increase the value of your franchise to $1 billion and not have to win anything? That's a good point. The value of the Pirates has gone up to just over a billion dollars. And they haven't won anything. Mm -mm. In 2017, as the uh, Pirates had their second straight losing season, the revenue increased to 280 million, while the payroll was just 96 million—a profit of 184 million dollars. Scott Boris said they increased profits, but they're saying they can't retain their stars. It's clearly a matter of choice. They choose not to retain players because they want to make more money. Uh, last week, uh, GM Neil Huntington said if the Pirates, uh, he was asked if the Pirates did everything in their power to improve after the 2015 season. Yeah. Neil Huntington's response was, I appreciate that argument and cannot dispute that there isn't validity to it. Mm -hmm. The challenge in small and mid markets is if you go all in and you don't make it, you damage your franchise for years. Neil Huntington, that is moronic. And I'm so glad that we can sit on our radio show here which, for however stupid our show is, it is somewhat of a powerful radio show in Pittsburgh. <laughs> and, and, and explain to average people, like a mom that maybe you know driving her kids to school, how stupid it is the way you guys operate this franchise, right? To say something like the challenge in a market like this is if you go all in and you don't make it, you can damage your... You already damaged the franchise for years! Yeah. 
about that. First of all, you didn't go all in and still managed to damage the franchise for years. After. So what you said <laughs> mid and small market should do, you didn't you you screwed up both of them. You didn't go all in and you still managed to screw this all up. And that was after 20 losing <laughs> seasons. Scott Boris, uh, Garrett Cole's agent, go on to say, uh, if the product on the field is irrelevant and all you have is a cash cow, then the fans of Pittsburgh deserve notice of that. (laughs) That's pretty bad, right? I mean, he's probably a complete slime ball, this guy. Leave Bob alone. But no, I'm I'm talking about Scott Boris. He's just a slimy agent who's just out for his money. But But he knows that the Pirates are going to pay. Pirates were never going to pay Garrett Cole either way. So let me tell the people of Pittsburgh, if Beer Temple from the Trib is calling him up saying, hey, you know, what do you think about ownership? Yet? And he's like, yeah, he's he's sitting on an ep- economic volcano there. The fact they don't want to pay stars is just a lie. They trade Josh Harrison yet? No. Come no. on, man. Come on, Pirates. Mikey and Bob, 96 on Kiss. It is the uh, Morning Freak Show. Rapper DMX. Uh... DMX was popping late 90s, early 2000, right? He's had some rough times. I remember he had those back-to-back albums. They were like two number one albums in the in the same year. Oh, yeah. What was it? It's Dark and Hell is Hot and then, what, Flesh of My Flesh? Uh, right? Yeah, yeah. Those yeah. were the two albums, like two number one albums for a rapper in the same year. It was like unheard of back in like 2000, whatever it was. DMX has had some uh, drug issues since then. Falling on some hard times. How old is DMX? I feel like he's like 50, right? Um, he uh, TMZ has him. He's at a Chili's in a St. Louis airport. And 40, 47. 47 years old. All right. Rappers getting old is kind of weird, right? Yeah. Especially like, when they end up at Chili's in the airport. Preaching? Yeah. <laughs> See, that's where you're wrong. I would rather, I would rather, like... Rappers that maybe I I listened to in high school in the two semesters I went to college. Like, I don't want, like, I never want to see Jay Z, like, grow into an old, like, an an old man rapper. Even though Jay Z kind of is an old man rapper right now, but I I'd rather see Jay Z spit a sermon at a Chili's at a St. Louis <laughs> airport. DMX, eyewitnesses say that he was uh, buying everybody shots, had some booze himself. Take him to church. His lawyer told TMZ that he's surprised because uh, DMX is supposed to be traveling with his sober coach. Whoops. Uh, He got the green light to travel even though he... uh, even though he's still trying to complete his rehab, this is DMX giving basically a sermon uh, drinking at a Chili's in a St. Louis airport. You won't know what God is willing to do for you until you're in a situation where you need him to do it for you. So I praise God for my difficult situations because it's in these situations that I become aware of what God is willing to do for me. This is heavy content for a Chili's at a St. Louis right. airport, right? I know what God is capable of doing, yeah. but... I won't know what he's willing to do for me until I need him to do it for me. So, Are you scared if DMX is, is preaching to you at a Chili's in the St. Louis airport? Or are you enjoying this? Is this entertaining to you? Or are you are you, are you scared of it? Um, Yeah, I'm scared, I think. I think, so. I think I'm, I'm going to enjoy it. I think I'm going to listen to X spit the sermon. You know, just because God can uh, uh, change the weather or, 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 or make, make, make the light day dark or you know, change everything around doesn't mean he'll do it for me. Okay, just because God can change the weather, make night dark, 
it doesn't mean he's going to do it for DMX. That's pretty much all that matters. That's all that matters. So in every difficult situation, I'm like, ooh, this is just an opportunity for God to show me what he's willing to do for me. All right. So every bad situation DMX gets himself into, he claps, goes, ooh. It's another situation um, for God to. DMX sold over 74 million albums worldwide. <laughs> that is unbelievable. How much is DMX worth? Negative $10 million. <laughs> like he owes out $10 million. Damn, DMX. Yeah. Oh, that hurts, man. How many albums did he sell? Uh, 74 million worldwide. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And he's worth negative $10 million. And he's at Chili's in St. Louis. <laughs> How many albums has Elton John sold over his career? Uh, he passed over 300 million worldwide. Wow. That's like a little over three times as many as DMX. He's he's worth, though, uh, estimated $480 million. My mind is blown that DMX sold 75 million records over his career and, and is worth negative 10 million. Like he owes $10 million to people. Lost it all. That is rock bottom. Yeah. I mean, rock. It's got to do with rock. I don't know if it's rock. Yeah. I think it's smoking. That's bad, man. Stay off the hard drugs. DMX smoked all his money away. Would DMX have tiger money? Like enough money to own tigers? How much does Elton John have? How much is Elton John worth? 480. $480 million. Yeah. Elton John has tiger money. He can own a tiger. Elton John announced that he's going on his final tour, Farewell Yellow Brick Road Tour. He's actually coming to Pittsburgh, too. October 10th, PPG Paints Arena. Elton John's coming. That's fun. We saw him uh, out in Vegas at one of the iHeartRadio music festivals. Yeah. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah. I, I wouldn't consider myself a huge Elton John fan. You know, I, I didn't grow up when Elton John was popular. But and you sit there and you watch Elton John, you're just like, you know all the songs. And whoever's in charge of his money did a good job. Or he didn't just, uh, he didn't do rocks. Didn't yeah, do rocks. maybe it's just the crack. You see the Barney thing? Uh, yeah, I did see that. That's uh, a little disturbing. I thought you were going to go with awesome, but all right. What, I, what's I, disturbing about I guess about it matters this? which way you look at it. <laughs> all right, hold on. Let me explain this. Barney the Dinosaur. Remember the show that was on PBS? Uh, 1991 to 2001. Barney and Friends. I mean, Barney was creepy already. Yeah, well, now if you're a kid watching it and growing up, David Joyner was the guy who was in the Barney costume. Right. Even though a, an actor, Bob West, did the voice of Barney, it was, of course, you know, just a different person in the suit. So the guy in the Barney suit was David Joyner. He now owns and operates a tantric massage practice. He did an interview with Vice recently, said he has uh, his massage practice has about 30 clients. He's uh -huh. 54 years old. Yeah. Charges around $350 a session mm -hmm. to help his quote-unquote goddesses oh release energy. Oh, oh, boy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Barney, rub down until you release the energy. Hmm. $350 is a lot of money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I don't know if I'm paying anybody $350 to do just about anything to me that isn't like a major surgery. Even if it's Barney. Well, did he do the voice? He he's not the guy who did the voice, though. 
Oh, do you think he's doing fake Barney voice? All right, would you pay $350 if he's in the Barney costume? Do you think he do you think he owns a Barney costume? Was he allowed to take one from the set? I mean, listen, if you were in the Barney suit for a decade, I feel like they let you take a Barney suit home. I would think so. Was right? there was there more than one Barney suit? Oh, I'm sure. Well, there's a spill. Or an energy release. It's just creepy, man. Um, he said a lot of the elements of Barney were a lot of the things I was training within Tantra. I always said it was never an accident, and I was meant to do this character. The energy I brought up while in the costume is based on the foundation of Tantra, okay, right, that's just, this which is, is love. All Everything right, yep. stems, grows, and evolves from love. Yeah, are, you, is, are you creeped out by it? Yeah, this is strange. Very. So you mean to tell me that if there was a place, a a therapy place, a tantric massage place, right, where you could get a nice rub down? Look at the smile on his face. And it's so creepy. I'd let that guy rub me down in the Barney suit. <laughs> what do you mean it's creepy? All right, me and you, like me and you, are usually on the same page with things. Does he have the Barney head on, or is it just a body? All right, what if he has the Barney head on and no pants at all? <laughs> What if he's Barney on top, Barney down below? (laughs) I'd let him rub me down. (laughs) Okay. Barney head on top. Yeah. And and just whitey tighties, just white briefs on below. $350 for a tantric rub down. You're not paying it? I'm paying. I am every time. I'm paying. Hello. Hi, Barney. If you had to get a a tantric massage from one of the Pittsburgh mascots, who's rubbing? Yes, Steely McBeam, Iceberg, or Pirate Parrot? McBeam. Oh, my God. What? Why? You're getting a rub from McBeam? Oh, yeah. I'm letting the Pirate Parrot. I feel like the Pirate Parrot has the furrier, softer hands. McBeam would treat your body so rugged, though. I'm looking for deep tissue. <laughs> All right, I don't, I don't need deep tissue. I want a nice, I want a nicer up down. Pirate parrots. Uh, are we leaving iceberg out then? I mean, no, Mc I feel Be- bad. Mc- McBeam's gonna make you hurt, though. McBeam's gonna make you pay for choosing him. Uh, the four's on tonight on Fox. <laughs> Danny and DJ Khaled, the singing competition hosted by Fergie, Megan Trainer, Charlie Walk on there. Watch uh, the four tonight, 8 p.m. on uh, on Fox. Ben tweets us, if you guys could interview Bob Nutting on the show, would you do it? And what would be one question you would ask to get your uh, your thoughts answered about the Pirates? No, I, I'd probably just say no. I, cause what, what's that going to like? What's well? What's here, the interview? What are we going to? I let me give you the other thing too. Any of the interviews where I've heard like Neil Huntington or who was the one Frank Coonley, the president, that just did it. They di- they do it on KDKA, which is like the Pirates radio station. <laughs> so like it's 
It's all kind of the same family there. Well, and all the answers are the same spin. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, we wouldn't have Bob Nutting to come on our show because he's just going to spew the same crap that they do. So what would be the point of it? We'd just be giving him a, a platform to say the same crap that they they always say the front office. It would be the same spiel. So no matter what you feel like you have to tell them, they're not going to ride with you and be like, all right, yeah, well, you guys caught me. You're the first ones to ever bring up that we're, like, scamming all this money and won't pay everybody. You got know? me. They'll just spin the crap. So uh, what, what would be the point of it? Shine that turd. So, no, I don't think we'd have Bob Nutting on to shine the turd. Uh, we were talking uh, yesterday, and this actually, what, what news was this? The Eagles thing. The Eagles-Vikings, uh, the Uber thing. Uh, that's from Philly News. Uh, Fox 29, I want to say it is, in Philadelphia. We said this would happen, and it happened. Yeah. We, we know how this country operates now, and it's just so mind-blowingly stupid. I'll take you back here because you've probably seen blogs pick this up or something. You've seen it on Facebook. You've seen it on your Twitter timeline or something like that about um, Vikings fans up in Minnesota because the Super Bowl's there. Of course, it's Eagles versus Patriots. Vikings fans angry because Eagles fans were mean to Vikings fans for the NFC title game. And so there were a few people who posted, I would say jokingly, sarcastically on yeah, Twitter like yeah. hey Vikings fans I'm going to be an Uber driver for the Super Bowl I'm going to drive Eagles fans to you know on on game day to a complete location that's nowhere near the stadium and then drop them off there was a handful of tweets like that like oh hey Vikings fans any of you Uber drivers you want to do this too let's take Eagles fans to a different does it mean somebody's actually going to do it no no but we said oh here it comes and sure enough there were plenty of blogs who posted like Vikings fans say they're going to take Eagles fans to different locations for the Super Bowl. And then, of course, it gets covered on the news in Philly because this is how the stupid just like this is just how the media operates now in this country. So the Vikings could have been the first team ever to play a Super Bowl in their home stadium. But the Eagles upset that storyline. So Minnesota flew back home and now they're being forced to watch Eagles fans take over their city. Right. And I have an important public service announcement for Eagles fans traveling to the game because of that. Here it comes. Vikings fans are trying to make the Super Bowl incredibly inconvenient. No, they're not for no. Philly fans. There are Minnesotans. No, they're not who aren't renting their airbnbs to people from philadelphia yeah okay no no groups on twitter that say they want to try to throw things at fans walking throughout the city on the streets okay we're really the actual news is saying groups on twitter that's what we're doing now like first of all social media has the most vile it's the most vile and disgusting place like philly news is actually running this right now yeah <laughs> like, like uh, fans. A, a group of uh, a group a group on twitter was that all right so three people said they're gonna throw trash at Eagles fans. You take it serious and it's being reported as watch out Eagles fans. And my favorite Uber drivers are saying they're going to drop off Eagle fans in the wrong locations. Okay, so there it is. So wait, anybody who tweeted, <laughs> you've done the research and know that anybody who tweeted sarcastically they're going to take a, you know that they're actual Uber drivers. This is just how stupid this country operates as far as media goes now. A couple people tweet something jokingly. Yeah. And then blogs just go, 
Vikings fans as a whole are going to take Eagles fans in their Ubers to different places other than the stadium. Throw trash at them. And then it gets picked up on the news. And now people in Philly are going, oh, we got to watch out. Vikings fans are going to watch act you back. The fo- yeah. Okay. I mean, it's all crap. This is how this the, the country operates now. Because it's amazing. News stations need their, they need to sensationalize stuff. They need the hits to their website. So they post the big title like, Eagles fans, beware <laughs> if you're going to the Super Bowl in Minnesota. It's just, it's just so stupid and you have to look at things like this and just be able to see through the crap hbo announced they have uh gotten meryl streep to star in big little lies season two you watch that show yet no you has won a bunch of awards no i should i will now that they got meryl (laughs) no i don't know what else i watch on hbo other than uh naked dragons I'm trying to think. I think I have HBO just for Game of Thrones. Yeah, I don't have HBO. I don't think I watch anything else. Yeah, still can't believe you're tapped in on Game of Thrones, man. Come on. What if Meryl Streep was in Game of Thrones? Riding a dragon. Nude. Nude? Eh. All right. Would you watch Game of Thrones if I could promise you Meryl Streep naked riding a dragon? I'd give it a look. Barney's riding behind her, giving her a tantric massage. Well, then I'm in. Uh, we watch this show on A&E all the time, and you guys always send us clips because it's almost every time this show's on, something weird happens. It's called Live PD on A&E, right? It's just, it's a magic. So, basically, they follow cops around when weird crap, you know, just, I mean, living the life of a police officer, I, I don't know. It's probably pretty interesting. The calls you get, the places you got to go, the people you have to encounter. So Live PD on A&E, they're down in Florida. And of course. They, they pull some guy over. I don't think he's got any registration or anything like that. A guy come flying around the corner. His tent, you couldn't even see into the car. The tent was so dark. You knew your license suspended? Yeah. Do you have anything on you? No, Nothing in your pockets at all? No, you can, you can okay. All right, this seems pretty easy now, right? Comes just speeding around the corner. Coming in hot. Got nothing on him. Is there anything illegal in your car? Any guns, weapons, drugs? No, you more than... Good. Nothing illegal in the car? Wow. Man, it's pretty clean. More than welcome to what look? Is that what you're saying? All right, take a look around the car. All right, take a look around the car. Here we go. So I have this meter here that tells me how, exactly how dark the tents are. You hear something in the background? Stand by. I think he was watching porn. Oh, no. Oh, my man. How don't you turn that off when you see the flashing lights? You think? Watching adult content in your car. You get pulled over. You know you're already riding dirty. You don't got your license on you. You don't got registration. None of that. You got dark tins in the car. You're speeding. How do you just keep that going? Speed. And it's so loud, too. Speed. Speeding with porno. Pause. Porno on. P- stop. Pause. No. He was. There's porn playing on his phone. Look at there. Look between the seat. What else we got here in the seat? All right. Now we're watching uh, some adult content. Oh. I call that cocaine. Oh, no. We got cocaine. Oh. 
cocaína. Oh, no, cocaína. See it? He tried to ditch it. No. You lied to me, okay? No, I didn't lie to you. Go ahead. No, you didn't. Oh, no lying. <laughs> I mean, they found cocaine in no, your sir. car. No lies. No, uh, sir. There's, there's a small little bag of cocaine in there. Okay. And adult, adult video playing. Usually you hear the Miley Cyrus or the Beastie Boys or some other hip and jive tunes, oh, but not, no. uh, not porn. Wow, that cop sounded with it. <laughs> Yo, he's been through a lot, man. Is he's there a more out-of-touch police officer than that guy right there? Usually you hear the Miley Cyrus or the Beach D-Boys or some more, some other hip and jive tune. Not he's porno. seen a lot of things, okay? <laughs> he did that night. <laughs> Being a cop down in Florida, I'm sure that's almost a nightly occurrence. Cocaine and adult content. I'm the only one. Another one. Mikey and Bob, it is the uh, 96 one Kiss Morning Freak Show. High today, 35 degrees. Tomorrow, we're going to be in the 50s. There's been like just random snowflakes, snow flurries here in Green Tree kind of all morning. Not bad. Not bad. Uh, Penn's back at it tonight. They're at home versus the uh, Wild. Oh, let's go, Penn. How about a Lego Penn, man? Lego Penn. Lego Penn. Uh, right now, they're currently in the second wild card spot. In the uh, in the East, isn't that a Pro Bowl thing on tonight? The NFL does like I think it's on ESPN, like this Pro Bowl uh, NFL like uh, it's like a skills competition kind of, right? Yeah, is that tonight? I don't know. I think that's tonight. And then the Pro Bowl is on Sunday. I think I don't care. I'm not watching any of it. No. There are very few things that I think the only two TV shows currently that I have to watch like the week they're on. Uh, This is us on NBC. Mm -hmm. I get emotional over that still. And uh, I have to watch every episode, which by the way, we were talking about it earlier. Crockpot had to release a statement because there was a crockpot fire on the last episode of this is us. Like a real statement. (laughs) I mean, it was a long statement too. We read some earlier and didn't even read all of it. I I guess crockpot, like the actual company created a Twitter account just to tell people, like, crockpots are okay and they won't cause a house fire. I mean, people probably went wild. If we would have checked Facebook, like, the crockpot We should have. We blew it, man. Actually, did we blow it or did our listeners blow it? Listen, you guys are the producers of our show. I would say 75% of the content our show on our show is stuff you guys send to us for our show. Yeah, you send us links constantly all day, whether it's on Twitter or Facebook or anything like that. Like, we know what you guys expect from us maybe not I'm, too many people are friended up on the crock pot page though yeah that's true that's all right i take it back i don't blame you guys for it we all kind of blew it it's okay but i guess people went nuts on the crock pot facebook page because <laughs> there was a faulty crock pot and this <laughs> is us why was i talking about that oh yeah the two shows that i watched uh, this is us on nbc and the curse of oak island the treasure hunting show on <laughs> the history channel those are my two shows every week, man. I think that's it. I think that's all I'm riding with right now. Well, I mean, they can find the gold at any time. That's why I got to keep watching that. Oh, I was really excited for the last episode of that. Like, I was like, all right, I've been watching this for like four four seasons now. They're really close right now. And like, I thought this last episode, I'm like, all right, here it comes. It's got to be down this one hole that they've been digging. I'm like, here it is. Nothing. <laughs> All right, what else are we doing here? Before oh, Freak Show question of the day before we get out of here. This will be with Tall Kathy right around 5.30. Question of the day today, what Pittsburgh journalist does not want rap beef with Le'Veon Bell? <laughs> Answer, Ed Bouchette. Le'Veon Bell does, I think I said that wrong. 
Le'Veon Bell does not want rat beef with Ed Bouchette. Ed Bouchette has bars. Because Ed Bouchette was originally the one who posted that Le'Veon Bell showed up really late through the, the Jacksonville walkthrough and then showed up late, you know, later than two hours early for the playoff game. And Le'Veon basically came out at the Pro Bowl and just said, yeah, I was, the coaches were all cool with that. Like, I had a Lies. personal matter I was tending to. They all knew about it. So uh, there is definitely going to be an Ed Bouchette, Le'Veon Bell beef. Um, and let's hope they don't take it to the streets. Let's hope they just uh, drop tracks. They, they just drop tracks. That's it. Ed Bouchette, answer to the Freak Show question of the day. Anything else we got to tell the kids before we get out of here, Bob? Uh no, we're all right. Uh, 12 more chances today to win $1,000. Listen for keywords 10 after every hour through 9 p.m. Ryan Seacrest, Joe Starr, now Dave. KSTHD Pittsburgh. You're on air with Ryan Seacrest.